Grace and peace, God bless you, everyone. I'm going to talk to you for a little bit from the topic, consequence or demons. And so, of course, every talk is birthed out of an experience, right? I will never, ever offend you and come to you with something that I've heard about or um, seen, but I will always bring you experiential knowledge and then couple that with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Um, So we're talking about consequences or demons. Now, here's what many of our dilemmas, dilemmas are. When we're faced with a situation or a consequence, you know, how do we engage that consequence? Do we look at it in terms of, okay, I need to own my part, or do we immediately begin to look to assign blame? Now, I will tell you, and I've been in senior pastoral ministry for, I'm going into my 20th year. I've served in senior leadership under my father, who is an apostle, for 11 years. So you're talking about 30, over 30 years of ministry, right, of serving people, church people uh, in many cases. And I have found more times than not that when something goes awry in a person's life, many times, Instead of taking ownership and doing that evaluation, the Bible says, examine yourself, right? We look to point blame. Either we're blaming somebody or we're blaming some demon. And the problem with that is many times when we begin to assign blame, we short, uh, we shorten. I don't, well, not shorten, but I think we hinder our ability to grow and develop as a person, a person of faith, a woman, a man of God of faith, because instead of taking ownership, instead of taking a moment to say, okay, God, what's really going on here? What's really happening? We start to look to point blame. Now, many of us, we have adopted that lifestyle from things that happened in our childhood. Like we, you know, maybe, and and I pray that I'm not triggering anyone, but if you were raised in an abusive home where you were afraid to confess, if you broke a dish or something for fear of being, you know, physically abused, then that may have been your trauma response is somebody else did it, right? Um, and, and, and in a case like that, I can understand that. But in our adulting, um, you know, we have to learn, we have to seek help, seek counseling, seek deliverance, so that we can properly own the things that belong to us, right? And actually acknowledge the fruit of our own deeds. So that's not going to work. It may be a trauma response. And if for some of you, because you may be saying, wow, I never thought of it like that. You know, I didn't have the, you know, none of us had a perfect childhood, God forbid. But you, 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 you would never know. Um, which is why I thank God so much for my secular work. Um, But you would never know some of the responses that you have right now. Like some of your automatic go-tos are results of some childhood stuff or some young adulthood stuff, some things you just never worked through, right? And so we find ourselves kind of repeating these um, patterns in our adulthood. And then we wonder why we're not growing in a certain area or we're not seeing God in a certain area because that's the area that we have to work in, right? So, on many occasions, like I've said, just down through my serving in ministry, I've seen things happen in people's lives. And instead of saying, okay, let me own this part. I am responsible for this happening. I'm responsible for that happening. Hey, good morning. I'm responsible for that happening. And instead of taking ownership for it, we start to blame people. And the problem with that is, is that so... Yeah. So in cases like that, you may find yourself saying, you know, well, you know, the, the enemy attacked my finances or, 
you know, he did this to me and she did that to me. And that may be true. And then again, it may be a part true. You know what I'm saying? And so I think in, as we grow and as we develop as believers, we got to come to a place to where we determine whether what we're going through is a consequence or is it in fact a demon. Now, yeah, demons do attack people. That's what they do. The enemies is as a roaring lion, right? Walking about seeking whom he may devour. That's the word of God. But then you also have to understand as a, as a child of God, the enemy has no power over you. If you belong to Christ, amen, you are a child or daughter of the Lord, child or son of the Lord, you belong to the Lord. And so the enemy just cannot arbitrarily attack you. There's even the enemy understands protocol and procedure. And can I just say this? Sometimes he understands it more uh, than some of us, right? Um, he understood he couldn't touch Job. He understood he couldn't touch Jesus. He said, if you will bow down, you know. And so he, he gains territory and he gains power and influence over us by virtue of what we relinquish and what we submit to. So, so we, we have to kill that narrative of, oh, the enemy, he's attacking this, and he's attacking, he's attacking. Then if he's attacking, then what's your response? Then you launch a counterattack, right? So because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. So we're not gonna, we're, that's not going to be our testimony, is that the enemy is attacking us and we're under attack. No, you rise up and you launch a counterattack, and you do battle in the realm of the spirit because the victory is already yours. So we cannot lean on... The enemy is attacking me and this is why I'm going through this or she did it and that. No, we have got, we've got to come to a place of maturity where we take ownership for our part. Now, in Psalm 51, David talks about an experience that he had. Many of us know about that. That's when he fell with Bathsheba, right? And if you don't know the story, you need to go back and read the story so you can understand the context of what he wrote about in Psalm 51. He was on the rooftop. He was not in position. He was not in place. All right. And he allowed the lust of his eye to fill his heart and he committed adultery. He um, committed. He plotted murder. There was a whole lot of things happening there. As a result, remember, my topic is consequence of demons. As a result, the baby died. Bathsheba was found with child. It was not her husband's child. It was David's. And as a result, and, and we can have a whole lot of discussion about that, but I'm not going to argue with the word. As a result, the baby died. David prayed. He fasted. Peradventure, Lord. And, and, and God still made up his decision, right? God made up his mind. The baby did not survive. So instead of David rising up, out of the ashes of mourning and out of the ashes of grief, David rose up and he said, against you and against you only have I sinned and done this thing. I want you to read Psalm 51 in its entirety. And I want you to look at how David took ownership, right? Because we talk about consequence or demons. That's our topic for today. Consequence or demons. Did the enemy attack Bathsheba? Did the enemy attack David? Did the enemy take that baby? Or was all of that consequences of David's actions? Was it a consequence? And so I think it behooves many of us to look at some of the consequences or some of the results, or I'm hearing God say, look at the harvest. Look at the harvest in some of our lives so that we can determine, so that we can make the determination of, is this the fruit of something I did? Or is it a demon, right? Demons do attack. Jesus said, I believe it's in John chapter 19. He said, the ruler, the prince of this world, or the ruler of this world is coming, but he can't find nothing in me. You have got to live a life and you can because the Holy Spirit will enable you to do it, that you are above reproach. 
where the enemy can't find anything in you. Now, I'm not saying live a perfect life because it takes Jesus to do that. And we live in a fallen world among fallen people and you will make mistakes. But what I am saying is that when you do fall, you find yourself faltering in an area. When you do find yourself struggling in an area, you go before God like David did. Lord, forgive me, purge me, cleanse me. Why? In other words, you just don't lay there and you certainly don't allow the enemy now to gain territory and influence over you because you have chosen to remain in a fallen state. You see what I'm saying? David understood the consequence of his sin, his sins. There were a few that he committed at that time and he took ownership. And you know what God did? Listen to me carefully. God raised him. God forgave him. He said, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. God forgave him. God continued to walk with him. God empowered him. God renewed him. Come on, somebody. So th this is the place I feel like God is talking to somebody today that you're looking at circumstances in your life and you're saying, man, my money's jacked up. My relationships are jacked up. My, my career, my business, my ministry, my you know goals or what I, I don't see God. Like I don't see, I feel like the enemy is in control. And so you can sit there and you can have that pity party and you can blame the devils. You can blame the devils from your mama's side of the family. You can blame devils from your daddy's side of the family. You can blame the church that you was a part of. You can blame the teacher that didn't give you a hundred. I mean, you can listen, you can point blame. We got all day to do that. You can, I can, I can give you some people to point, you know what I'm saying? Then I'm like, yeah, they probably, they probably did do that. You know what I'm saying? We, there's, there's always somebody. Adam did it. That woman, that woman you gave me, she did it. There's always somebody you can point blame, right? But at the end of the day, what are we seeing as a result of that? Are we growing? Adam pointed fingers and pointed the blame at Eve, and he lost out. David took ownership of his sin, and God empowered him. So you have a choice today, friends. Either you can lay there and wallow in self-pity, and say, woe is me, he didn't help me, she didn't help me, the devil attacked me, my mama wasn't there, my daddy didn't help me, my pastor, my bishop, my... You, can, you can do that, you can do that all day long. And God made things even harder for Adam. God cursed the ground. He said, now from now on, you're gonna have to work because you need to learn a lesson. You need to learn how to, how to take accountability. And I think some of us, some of our ways are hard. Even the scripture said the way of a transgressor is hard. Some of our ways are hard because we refuse to take accountability. And some of that ground, that hard ground, the briars and thistles and thorns that are coming up as opposed to fruit, some of those are life lessons. And God is saying to you, until you take ownership, until you take accountability, and stop blaming everybody. They did it. They did it. They, it's time now to grow up and say, you know what, God? I'm owning my role. I'm going to accept my responsibility, my part in this matter. And for what I have done or, or for what I neglected to do, because some of us need to own up to some stuff that you didn't do that you were supposed to do. And, and, and you're being uh, held accountable for that. And so some of your circumstances are starting to look like God is trying to get your attention. When the Lord took the fruit of Bathsheba's womb, he got David's attention. As long as David was pursuing Bathsheba, David could not hear God. 
As long as Uriah was, was plotting, as long as he was plotting against Uriah, he couldn't hear God. And some of us are like that. As long as we're going through the motions, as long as things appear to be working, some things, there's a, I hear God say, some things are working through counterfeit. You, you think it's working and it's, it's not even working. It's a deception. But as long as it appeared to be working, David did not acknowledge the Lord. It wasn't until God started holding David accountable and started touching some things dear to his heart that David said, wait, God, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I hear you. And so some of us are in that place where God is touching some stuff. He's touching your money and you blaming devils. He's touching your health. And, and I'm not saying that in agree where God is allowing curses and things. But what I am saying, maybe there have been some neglectful areas in your health. And God has said, hey, get up and take a walk. Uh, stop eating that. Stop drinking that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying God does not send disease. But what I am saying, God will allow a harvest. And so if you've been sowing corruption to your body and God said, you know what? I have been warning you and telling you not to do that. I'm going to step back now and allow the harvest. And so some of what we see in some of our bodies is not even enemies attacking. It's the harvest of bacon. It's the harvest of Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's the harvest of candy. It's harvest. It is some of what we're blaming devils for, for are not devils. You belong to God. Tell me how God is going to own you and allow the enemy to just touch you arbitrarily. Tell me how that works. It doesn't. He gave Jonah, uh, uh, the enemy, he gave him parameters concerning Job. You can touch him, but you can only go but so far because I'm doing this, right? So I want you to be blessed by this word. Consequences of demons, you, you, you determine which it is. Look at what's um, challenging you right now in your faith. And I want you to take a moment today or this evening or whenever, I want you to take a moment and really think about it. God, in this area right here where I am really challenged in, am I part of the reason? Is it me? Am I experiencing a harvest for something I did or something I didn't do? God, are you trying to get my attention? And I've been casting devils down, swinging, and, and nothing's moving. So this is not a demon thing. It's me. So I want you to be blessed by the word consequences or demons. God bless you. Until next time.